Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty with you this afternoon from the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke and Kelly will be joining me a little later in the program, uh, but we're glad you're with us to kick things off. Opening segment sponsored as it is every day by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, our good friends. Uh, here in Hattiesburg are open seven days a week, open in a community near you as well, I can assure you. Dickies is still uh, serving up their great food uh, seven days a week. You can get it through drive through You can get it delivered to your house. So don't let COVID-19 stop you from enjoying good food, and uh, that's what you get uh, every time at Dickies Barbecue Pit. Well, I do understand Luke has joined us. Uh, so Luke, uh, in the First Bank studio, back from storm damage, and uh, glad to uh, have you with us, Luke. Our first guest today, a fine young man out of Laurel, Mississippi, uh, speaking of tornado damage, Keon Howard, was a quarterback for the Golden Eagles, and uh, he started two games as a freshman, played in nine games, started seven as a sophomore, threw for almost 1,200 yards and eight touchdown passes, even started a game at wide receiver uh, before Keon transferred to Tulane University. And Keon, first of all, we're glad you're with us. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, we're glad. I know that uh, you told me before we went on the air you're back in uh, Laurel a lot better right now uh, to be in Laurel than in New Orleans. Uh, but the, I'm going to guess you have a lot of friends uh, back in uh, New Orleans that are pretty much under the gun right now. Yes, sir, I do. Um, pretty much um majority of some of my teammates uh, stay, stay down there. Right. So. Now, look before I get before I get started on college football, I want to I want to talk to you about something I found very interesting. I, I was reading that you threw three touchdown passes in the high school all star game when you after your senior year at Laurel, and that snapped a seven game losing streak uh, to the all stars from Alabama. I want to take you back to that game for a minute because I want to. I've always been curious. Mm-hmm. How much does that game mean to kids that get the opportunity to play in it, and how much did it mean to you? And your teammates to snap that losing streak against those guys from Alabama. Well, you know, just that game in itself is, is a tradition game. You know, uh, when you talk, when you think about law, you think about tradition. Um, and with that game in itself, it's just a traditional game. All the guys that um, played um, in that game before, before, um, before us uh, went on and did tremendous things uh, in the NFL and not only in the NFL, but also for the community as well. And just that game is, is an opportunity to be able to represent your state in a unique way, you know. Um, just with that game itself, it, it taught me a lot. You know, I, I met I met brothers that I, that I currently still talk to to this day, you know. Uh, that, that game right there taught me so much and just being able to play it uh, in our home, so on our home soil and um, at such Miss that, that year uh, just meant a lot. And we, we knew we just had to come back and uh, be able to bring our, bring our uh, W back home to our, our state. Right. What was it? 
was it important to beat those guys from Alabama, or is it more of a game where everybody gets to showcase their talents? I mean, is there that we want to win the game attitude in there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Most definitely. Um, I mean, that's just, like I say, like I just said, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's kind of like a bragging right. Just be able to know that, hey, my class, when we had the chance, the opportunity to play against the Alabama team, the Alabama squad, uh, you know, we, we won. You know, and just being able to have that. Um, and to hold it over, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the opposite team uh, head is, is, is more like a bragging right, but also just to be able to, you know, um, just be able to go out and, and represent your state in a unique way, you know, yeah. in, in, in the first-class way. Any butterflies? In, in, in a, I'm sorry, sir? I'm, not, I'm supposed to ask you, any butterflies? Did you have any butterflies when you got ready to start that game? Oh, yes, sir, all the time. Uh, just because, <laughs> you know, uh, that's it's, it's an exciting, it's an exciting game, it's an exciting moment. You know, uh, a lot of kids dream to play in that game, um, and a lot of kids, you know, when they get the opportunity, they just want to be able to make the make the best of, of that, that that moment. Right. All right, Luke, are you with us? I am. All right. I want to hear you. Got one of your hometown heroes with us now. Go ahead. Keon Howard is one of my hometown heroes, and and the reason being is I've never met Keon where he wasn't talking. So Keon, this is your opportunity, okay? So I'm messing with you, bro. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good, man. So you literally grew up in the shadow of of, of Watkins Stadium there at Laurel Stadium at Laurel High School, and and I know we want to talk about you know your journey where you are now, but. Man, I know that your coach, uh, your high school coach Todd Breland, has has meant a lot to you and your development. And it just seems like uh, while you were at Laurel, and as you know, as you moved on through your career, there have been a lot of people that have just uh, you know formed you and have have mentored you and allowed you to become the guy that we look up to now. Yes, sir. Talk about Todd Breland, if you would, for a minute. Oh well, uh, man, just coach Breland. Been around coach Breland since I was. I, I probably was in diapers, you know, um, just always around the facility, always around the locker room. Um, it, it, he he became more than more than just my coach, my head, my head coach. He became like a father figure to me. Uh, him and a couple more guys, uh, Coach Jerry Fletcher, uh, Coach Tim McNair, uh, Coach Colin Pollard. You know, all those coaches took me in as if I was their own type of son or or little brother. You know, and just to be able to you know uh, mentor me, shape me, mold me. Um, and to the guy I'm down to, to to be able to believe, you know, have a firm belief belief in God, and just being able to just, you know, just be an example for the for the next generation. Our uh, our, our listening audience out there, uh, man, I was I was excited when you went to Hattiesburg, and and uh, you know everybody was was behind you. But, you know, people want to know what it was like for you, man. Just you got thrown into the fire your freshman year, you know, and it was just here you are. You, you know, you're going to be red shirt and, uh, you know, we're going to you're going to be groomed. And then, man, all of a sudden you just you're thrown right in there. What was it like um, that first game for you when you found out that you were going to be the starting quarterback as a true freshman? Well, well, you know, um, I'm a team. I'm a team guy, first and foremost. Uh, so anything I need to do. Um, anything, my, anything I need to do to help my team just be able to come out with a, with a W at the end of the day, uh, I'm willing to do. You know, put a, put put aside my own personal goals, my own personal agendas, and um, just be able to do 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 what what's asked for me for my team, um, from and from my coaches. So, uh, with that being said, was when I um, got when I uh, was announced uh, starting quarterback for the, the next week after the mothers went down. Uh, it, you know, it was it was a it was an exciting moment. You know, I finally had a chance to be able to. Play football again, you know. It, it wasn't just 
uh, thinking about the race. We were just thinking about, you know, just being able to have an opportunity, another opportunity to be able to go out there and, and make the most of my, my opportunity, you know, take advantage of my opportunity um, during, that, during that, that moment, you know. And I just wanted to, to live it up and, and, and learn from it, learn from all, um, you know, learn from my mistakes, learn from the ups and downs of, of the game and just be able to say I have, you know, actually played in a college, college game, you know. So I, I, I really enjoyed the first game. The first game taught me a lot. Now, you know, Luke, he started one game at wide receiver. How did that happen, Keon? Uh, well, technically, I, I really I didn't start wide receiver. I didn't start uh, at wide receiver. I don't know where that came at from. But, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I never started at wide receiver. Right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll get but, on those folks at USM putting that in your bio. But you go ahead and tell the story. <laughs> no, 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 you did. Um, I mean, it, it really was, it was, a, it was a trick play. Um, Nick, Nick Mullen Nick Mullen started. Uh, well, he, he went out to wide receiver some as well uh, during the game. Uh, but uh, so what happened was, with both of us were back, we played a lot of tech, and uh, we were just trying to be able, be able to, be able to uh, put Nick, me and Nick Mullins, me and Nick, on the field at the same time, and um, we came up with some unique plays for both of us to be um, in, at, court, at the quarterback position and both of us to be at the wide receiver, wide receiver position as well. So uh, you know, we just like I say, Nick Mullins is the type. He's the type of guy just like me. You know, uh, want to do anything for the team, team guy. Won't do anything for the team. Just let the team win. Uh, put a put aside his personal agenda, and just like I say, want to want to make sure that we're doing the right and ultimate thing. That's just be able to get a win at the end of the day. Right. All right. We've got just a minute left, uh, Keon. But you and I were talking before we went on the air, and I told you there are a lot of people here feel very very warmly about you and appreciate everything that uh, everything that you did uh, while you were at Southern Miss. Uh, uh, real quickly, your thoughts about leaving Southern Miss and going to Tulane? We hope everything has worked out really well for you there. Yes, sir. Um, I'm, I'm very blessed. Um, like I say, uh, I, it was it was a heart, heart, uh, warm heart feeling. Um, you know, uh, leaving Tulane, uh, me leaving Southern Miss, going to Tulane, but also uh, I felt like you know uh, I prayed about it and um, I asked God for for direction. I asked God for uh, for guidance and peace, and most importantly, peace. And uh, I feel like when I got to Tulane, that's what he he delivered me with. That you know, he delivered me with guidance, delivered me with peace, uh, and just delivered me um, to be able to to grow and mature. You know, and mm-hmm. um, just to be able to be, become more stronger in his word. So I feel like ever since I got to Tulane, um, I have I have done matured only enough to feel, and uh, it, it made me into the guy I am today. Well, I want to tell you what, I enjoyed my conversation with you before we went on the air and certainly during uh, the time you were on the show. Uh, we think you're just an outstanding young man, and uh, we thank you for coming on the Eagle Hour, and we wish you nothing but the very best down at Tulane, Keon. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. More going to God. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Keon Howard, everybody, former star quarterback uh, at Laurel High School and, of course, quarterback for the Golden Eagles now with Tulane University. And Luke Johnson, what a great, great kid. He's a good dude, man. No question about it. All right, when we come back, we'll catch up with Kelly Sander, the three of us. will talk a little Southern Miss sports on the Eagle Hour. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour, everybody. Our thanks to Keon Howard for joining us in the first segment. This segment sponsored by CampusBookmart.net. Now, the store's not open, but the website is. They've got somebody there every day monitoring the website, filling orders, and making sure that your order gets delivered to you. So buy yourself a happy at Southern, or rather at CampusBookmart.net. Get your Southern Miss Apparel delivered right to your front door. All right, Kelly Sander joining us a little earlier in the show today. We're going to do an update on tornado damage a little later in the program. But, Kelly, more cuts, and this time the big stars at ESPN feeling the effects of COVID-19. They are indeed, Bob. ESPN announced this morning that their top 100 most highly compensated employees, which, of course, are their announcers, uh, play-by-play people, uh, uh, news anchors, and so on, will all take a uh, 5%, at least a 5% pay cut. And... um, for the rest of the year, and then they will reevaluate it at the end of the year. Add Washington State University to the list of schools that are that are cutting back. Um, they have been notified. All the athletic coaches have been notified there that uh, that they too will be receiving a ten percent uh, pay cut that will go through the end of the year. And any bonuses that were slated to potentially be earned are off the table now because the, the money from no NCAA basketball tournament, we've talked about this before. Of course, they didn't have a Pac-10 tournament in basketball, so Washington State now is added to the list along with ESPN of, of uh, institutions are now cutting back financially. Um, and again, these are, the, these are the haves. Of course, ESPN is, is now having to televise cornhole championships and you know things like that, but um, I don't know how bad it's. I don't know how bad it's going to get financially. But but when teams are told all the way through this next academic year that that's the way it's going to be, obviously they're they're crunching the numbers already. You know the news is not good. Brother, my wife and I watched a, a movie last night. Now I can't remember the name of it, but Brad Pitt played the general manager of the Oakland Athletics and uh, Moneyball. Yeah. Oh, it made me miss baseball so badly. How, how bad would you just like to sit in your living room tonight and watch a sporting event where people were really competing? Well, it might have to be checkers or dominoes, or of course you'd have to yeah. be six feet apart in that that type of situation. But yeah. uh, I'm telling you, you know, we and, and we were one of the first people, I think, Bob, across the states, really, to talking about the financial hardships that this is going to put, um, you know, schools and universities, and in Southern Miss, isn't going to be the only one, you know, with some of the smaller schools in the state also having to deal with this. I mean, it's just the math, the new math or old, it just doesn't add up. All right, guys, I see a report last night. Uh, talk of uh, it's very preliminary talk, I, but just get your thoughts. Talk of college football being pushed off until February of next year and playing it opposite of college baseball. Major League Baseball and all the sports that would be going on in the spring. Your thoughts, guys? I vote no. Luke? Yeah, I mean, it's – I don't know what kind of strain that will put on things. I mean, think about it. You have – well, I mean, football is once a week, but you think about everything that goes into a football game. And, I mean, and people do in the springs, you know, when you have a spring game, sometimes you offset – uh, you know, baseball, uh, uh, like a spring practice with a baseball series. But I just don't know if you're going to have people, you know, they're going to watch eight hours of sports, you know, back-to-back like that. I know it happens, but I don't think it could happen on a big scale. They would need to recoup some of the football income. 
Now, Kelly, and the you, other thing, the you, other thing you, you voted no, think. Kelly. Don't mean to interrupt you. You voted yep. no. So, are are you saying you would rather just skip the year than than push it back to the spring? Yes. And why is uh, that? And, I, and I'll say, when you look at Southern Miss's position in particular, Bob, you've got a very very popular um, baseball squad that is pretty good year in and year out, and you would be forcing Southern Miss fans to choose, you know, on weekend, on weekend. Uh, that the football team would be at home, you'd be asking them to choose lots of times between football and baseball. I know you could do both, but realistically, you know that that's not going to happen. And if it, if it can't be um, if it can't be done the way that it's supposed to be done, then you know put it off a year. Uh, but I just I can't imagine with things apparently when you look at these curves from different states across the country getting slowly better. I just can't imagine even if you didn't start till maybe. October 1st, which I think would kind of be, you know, extreme. Uh, but even if you couldn't start until October 1st, you know, whittle down the schedule maybe, but play football in the fall. That's when it's designed to be played. Now, other schools, when you look at schools north of the Mason-Dixon line, it's not going to be a big deal because a lot of those schools don't have very good baseball programs anyway. Right. You know, or baseball programs that draw. So, but, but in the South here, when you're asking people to choose – and you'd want them to do both, but ideally they're going to choose between one or the other. And well, you don't want that. Here, here's the other issue too. Do you? I, I, you got to play football season. You have to. There's there's going to be athletic programs that don't. I mean, even a what a sixty percent attendance rate versus what you have now will still generate more income than possibly all of your other sports. I see what you're saying, but if you don't play at all, you don't have a lot of those expenses that you wouldn't have to pay at all. Which is sort you know? of what's happened here now in spring sports for a lot of schools. I, I think I'm right about this. They, they, Not all schools make baseball revenue like a Southern Miss, State, or Ole Miss. So right. for a lot of these schools, they didn't have the expense of any of their spring sports. So Kelly Center, they probably really didn't lose a lot of money, did they? No, so I'm saying for them, they probably wouldn't care about moving football to the spring. Right. But then, if you were to do that, then it's a domino effect, because if you do that, then are you going to turn right around again in August and yeah. play another season? Yeah, good, you know, good point there, yeah. F- four months apart. So I just don't. I just think if you can't have it the way that it, if it doesn't come in its original package, I don't want it. You know, mm-hmm. and, I, and again, that's just my opinion. But And it would, I would hate to have to sit out one full football season. Right. But... Um, what I'm saying is, is that the money that football makes funds everything else. So if you if you don't have a fall season, then where are you going to pay for all the spring sports if you don't have football? And I, and I, I I do understand your point, but but going back to you know, what I said before, if if you don't have a football if you don't have a football season, there's a lot of people that you or a lot necessarily not just people but other expenses you wouldn't have to pay. Right. Uh, so you wouldn't necessarily have to make that money. No, that's you wouldn't right. have it anyway. But it wouldn't be the same, would it, with no college football in the fall? Man. No, and, and you guys, uh, you know, uh, kudos to Keon Howard, who was out on earlier. I know Gerardo Hinton, who we've had on the program before, the old Richton Rambo member of the NIT championship team at Southern Miss. He's been on his Facebook page, you know, telling people that um, people need help in the so-so area. You know, to, he's got himself and others that are willing to go, you know, free of charge to help people. Yeah. So, um 
Yeah. You know, good for Tell them to call me. I can sign them up. Keon Howard. Tell them where great, to go. Great kid, too, Kelly. Great, great interview. All right, look, about two and a half minutes left. Now, one thing that is going to happen next week, and Kelly and I are very excited, is the NFL draft because the first two teams on the board, Kelly, are who? The Cincinnati Bengals and the Washington Redskins. Golly, <laughs> listen to that. Would you? Would you listen to them in the spotlight? So. All these rumors flying all over the internet about who's going to do what, who's going to do what. Is this not the case? The Bengals will draft the kid out of LSU. The Redskins will draft the kid out of Ohio State. Probably. That, that'll be one and two. Burrow yeah, and – I heard the Redskins about- were going to redraft Danny Werfel. That's what I heard. He's coming out of retirement. There's just, that's exactly correct. But they don't have to use up a draft choice on him. You know, if, you, if you're ever on that interstate that goes through Baton Rouge and, and it's backed up, you know, and, and uh, it's always backed up down there in, in Baton Rouge. And I tell people it's because it's traffic is backed up because people have pulled over trying to talk Joe Burrow off the bridge that he's about ready to jump off of. Uh, <laughs> it appears he's going to be a bingle, though, man. I, I love all these mock drafts, too, on all these right, internet right, sites right. that talk about that teams are going to trade up to get Joe Burrow and – the head coach of the, of the Bengals, Zach Taylor, on um, on a national syndicated radio show just yesterday said, he said, look, if teams are willing to give us, the Bengals, four first-round picks over the next couple of years for this one player, that, that tells you what other teams, how other teams feel about Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So if if they feel that strongly about Joe Burrow that they're willing to part with four draft picks, why shouldn't the Bengals take him? Right. Well, just so long those Bengal defensive backs don't get bullied again this year, Kelly. That really bothered me last year. No, they were they were trendsetters, Bob. They were starting social distancing before <laughs> before we had to. They were bullied you know? by the Patriots. <laughs> but but the fact that it's a real live sporting event that will have implications that'll be great. I can't tell you how excited I am. No kidding. No kidding. I'm pretty excited about that, too. All right, Kelly, we wanted to bring you on a little early today. We're going to do some tornado reporting here later in the show, but uh, we'll have you back tomorrow, and uh, you and I will continue our countdown to our two teams are finally in the spotlight over something, right? I, I'm looking forward to it, Bob. And Luke, on a personal note, man, let everybody in SoSo know we got their back, man. We're with them. Right. Will do. Appreciate it. Kelly J. Santa, right. everybody, back on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. We're going to go to Jones County right after this, so stay with us. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Tuesday, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Go by and uh, support our good friend Slade White and his crew over there, home of the 895 lunch with a drink. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor 
of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Easter uh, 2020, a day that uh, will be remembered in uh, in the in South Mississippi, uh, particularly in Jones County, as a uh, monster tornado uh, has come through and has uh, changed a lot of people's lives. Uh, but at the same time, it's been remarkable to see the the uh, outcome of the community and uh, the turnout from people, literally uh, even out of state and in state. And we just want to continue to talk about that today. On the phone with us now, one of my best friends in the world. Pastor P.J. Weeks, who is uh, literally at Ground Zero there um, in Soso, Mississippi. The church is being a, a staging area. And, uh, P.J., I know it's uh, it's been a wild 48 hours, um, but but everybody seems to be doing well out there. That's right, Luke. Hey, thanks for letting us on and inviting us on. But uh, it's really been incredible. It went from one of the scariest, say, 24-hour periods, really I say 24-hour periods, the scariest few hours of preparing knowing the tornado was coming, uh, walking through that. And, you know, it's, it's crazy. I was at home watching it on the computer and listening to WDAM and all these things, and they start they start saying how big it is and how catastrophic it is, and then they start giving road names. And you imagining all the church members and all the people you know that live down these roads, you could, you know, it was, it was just almost surreal and incomprehensible what was going on. And then when you're able to come ride through it and be in the community, it's, it's truly devastating and incomprehensible what this part of Jones County looks like that was hit by this. Not just so-so, but Matthews community, uh, Moss up in Jasper County, Hebron community. Um, it's hard to process that this doesn't look like the same place it did. Uh, no doubt about it. You and I were talking about that, you know, just going down these roads that we've grown up all our life and in the last several years driving down and it looks uh, just, you know, completely different from uh, what you're accustomed to seeing. You almost take the trees for granted and now it's just kind of kind of wide open. Um, but, you know, you and I have, have done a lot of these disaster um, relief responses in our community and outside of our community. What's been different for you right now, um, you know, in, in the middle of it? Well, you know, honestly, uh, like you said, you and I have done this quite a bit. And usually the ones we worked in Jones County are somewhere other than our community. I remember Sandersville was kind of our first one that we were, we were working on together. But this is the first one that's been in our area, you know, we're, with people that are church members of ours. Our church was hit uh, pretty head on. And, um, you know, and so it's, it's when we're in this community now, it's our people. It's, it's people not just in our county, but it's our people. It's walking up to houses that have been destroyed and it's families that I see weekly. And it's people that we're definitely connected to. And what I've been so encouraged by is, even in the midst of devastation and loss, I think we've had five um, total losses in our own church as far as complete losses of houses. Uh, but I am yet to see anybody complain, anybody even crying to a degree. Um, people just recognize the hand of God that was all over this place. Uh, when you drive around here, you you cannot imagine what it looks like, and then to know that there were... Uh, we know we had people injured, and we had two deaths, which are incredibly tragic. But if you see what we're seeing on a daily basis, it's truly a miracle that more people weren't hurt or injured. So, Mr. Weeks, I haven't heard anything about uh, any details about the two folks that unfortunately lost their lives in Jones County. Is there any information about these folks, where they were, what the circumstance was that you might be able to share with us? 
You know, not really. Anything I share with you is kind of second, third, fourth-hand knowledge. So mm-hmm. what I will say is uh, the one that we know more about was right here in the SOSO community, and the only thing I understand uh, was that they were in a mobile home that was hit, and nobody could get down the road to get to them, and mm-hmm. unfortunately they died. And, and even saying that, I'm a little bit hesitant to say that because that was so far removed from the situation, but mm-hmm. that's what I think to be the case. Uh, I know that one of the fatalities was right here in the so-so community, but it, there's just not a whole lot at this stage known right. uh, about it. One thing that Luke uh, told me about Off Air were all the people that are coming in from Louisiana, uh, other places as well. Share with our listeners a little bit about all the outside of of the state, so to speak, help that's already there helping you guys out. Well, the, that's probably one of the things that I will always, I will just always talk about it. I've been so encouraged uh, that from the moment it happened, I left my house right after it was over. You know, there was a second tornado that we had to wait on because we didn't know where it was going. And such a phenomenon of two monster tornadoes. And when I got into SoSo, stopped at the church, and there were already, already people out and trying to make sure everybody was okay and uh, big equipment, uh, the Bynum brothers, and I, I, I don't want to start mentioning names, I just did, but there's so many. If anybody had a four-wheeler, a chainsaw, piece of heavy equipment, they were on the roads making sure everybody was okay. Um, it was truly remarkable. Um, it was incredible. And then literally 24 hours later, with the phone calls and the text messages and the Facebook messages of people just pouring in here from all over. We sent out, I would say it'd be easy to say, over 100 volunteers this morning to serve in this community. And we literally get calls and texts and messages every day from all over the state, outside of the state, saying, more or less, turn me loose, tell me when you need me to be here. We've, we've almost had to tell people, wait, let us catch up with the need and, you know, before we have any more volunteers yet, it is uh, it has been overwhelming in the greatest way from the outpouring of people. Food, uh, we had no intentions of serving food just because we didn't know logistically if we could handle it. And we had so many calls for food that uh, Renee, who's kind of the point person from the Mississippi ba- or from the uh, Jones County Baptist Association's disaster relief coordinator, and doing an incredible job. Renee Register is and. Um, so she and I got together and said, hey, food's coming, so God wants us to have food. Let's figure it out. And I think they've served well over 400 meals. They served over 400 yesterday, but served um, planning on another four to 500 today. In the last two days, we'll have served over 1,000 meals. Um, there's guys set up in the old Greer's parking lot that are cooking, that are serving. I think they've served almost 1,000 people. It has just been absolutely amazing to see the outpouring of support uh, for Soso, Mississippi, for Hebron, Mississippi, for you know all of these areas that are that are so devastated, it's it's been incredible. And you know we all we all hate to see these tragedies strike our country, but every time it happens, you see the greatness of Americans, don't you? Oh, it's unbelievable! It's it's absolutely unbelievable. The governor was here this morning, and he did a press conference here on the front steps of the church, and that's really what he's one of his core things was. Um, somebody said, you know, what do you say to somebody that's lost so much? He said, we're going to be okay. This is who we are. Uh, these, you know, I say it like this. I've seen a lot of broken hearts 
but I'm yet to see a broken life mm-hmm. because they are just resilient. This is who we are in, in the best of who we are. Um, it, it's beautiful in the greatest way. Right. And uh, I don't know, Mr. Week, doesn't get much tougher than Jones County folks. Am I right about that? They're yeah, pretty good. I agree. Resilient. I'm a transplant into Jones County. I've lived here <laughs> 12 years, and I, I love my Mississippi. I'm a Mississippi boy. Uh, but now I love my Jones County. I can't imagine living anywhere else. Uh, no question about that. You got uh, anything else, Luke? Yeah, PJ. Let's uh, let's talk real quick. Uh, tell people what we need. You mentioned the fact, and Renee told me this before I, I left the church earlier. You know, we're good on food for the next few days for sure. But what are the biggest needs right now? Let people know. As crazy as this sounds, uh, I just got word before I came on that we need plastic boxes and tubs. So you can imagine somebody losing everything and having to pack up their house, and they don't have plastic boxes and tubs. Uh, and so I got a lot of good information that we need some some plastic totes, if you will. Uh, and, and we don't need truckloads from, from Hattiesburg, which is wonderful, and we love Hattiesburg. But if you're in the Jones County area and uh, you can stru- drop some of those off at So-So, we'd, we'd be more than happy to take some of those. Um, other than that, honestly, right now, uh, we are really, really, really good. We could use possibly some people that could do some blue tarps. Uh, if we had some volunteers that don't mind climbing on houses between us, Hebron area, and Pleasant Home area, uh, we could, with Caleb Rawls, I know he was just talking to him, he could use a couple of blue tarp teams. Uh, we don't need a ton, so we need them to reach out to us first and make sure we know they're coming and can plan for them. Um, but that's, man, that's it. And just pray for this community and pray for these people. And this will be a long process. This won't be something that a week yeah. and we're gone. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take a while. They will. And, and what we'll do in the next segment, PJ, I'll relay some of the more information where people can, can reach out to us. But, brother, I'll see you in, here in just a little bit, man. Thanks so much uh, for, uh, for, for heading this up and, man, just being the face of hope there. And so, so thanks for coming on the Eagle Hour today. You bet, guys. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. All right, everybody. Pastor PJ Weeks at First Baptist So-So. Um, Bob, it's uh, it's just great to have good leadership in the middle of just crazy times. Well, no question. Boy, there's a lot on everybody right now. And, of course, uh, as you would expect, the people of Jones County are responding. We'll be right back. Toyota of Hattiesburg brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. You can schedule service, search their uh, inventory. All that is at toyotahattiesburg.com. New Toyotas, pre-owned Toyotas, certified inventory. You can also value a trade at toyotahattiesburg.com. We appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour. They're also located at Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel. We are uh, very thankful for, for PJ Weeks taking a few minutes. And, and Bob, that's where I've been. Um, really, I was in Hebron on uh, Sunday afternoon. We were, we were 
uh, moving trees out of the way and getting people clearing roads so that people could uh, could be able to get out of their homes. I was talking to a guy in Hebron today, um, a church member of mine, and he was the insurance adjuster came today, and they found out that their their home had actually been picked up, like it had it had come up and shifted. Uh, the the force of this, and it was you know it's a slab home. It wasn't a, a mobile home. It was a and about an eighteen hundred square foot house. So think about the force of wind where the actual the house was picked up. You know, incredible. It's, uh, it, it's just hard to it's it's hard to to fathom. But I just want to relay to our listeners specifically just to reiterate some of the things that PJ Weeks said. I've been on the ground. I've been in Hebron. Been in uh, Moss. Uh, been in Soso, and been in the Matthews community, which is uh, kind of the. The site's there. Pleasant Home Baptist Church in the Matthews community is a staging area. So-so, uh, First Baptist So-so is. Hebron Baptist is in Hebron. And then the in, in the Moss community, the Moss Church of God. In Jones County specifically, we're pretty good on food right now. Um, we've just had an outpouring of people that have come in. People are taking different meals. So if you want to help, as as uh, Pastor Weeks said, uh, we, we're in need of plastic totes right now. Um, just think of maybe what you send your kids off to college in. Uh, we need that because people are packing up um, what they can salvage from their homes. They're packing up other things. Uh, so we need plastic totes. You can drop those by uh, First Baptist So-So. Um, if you're out in Hebron you, or you're near there, you can drop them off at Hebron Baptist or even at, at Pleasant Home Baptist. But the staging area is so-so. One of my jobs, I've been taking stuff from so-so and just getting it out to the different staging areas. Uh, a few other things um, we want people to know about. At First Baptist so-so, they will be providing meals uh, tonight from 5 to 7. Uh, at lunch tomorrow, 12 to 1. This is at First Baptist so-so. You can just pull right under on the on the north side of the building. They have a covered uh, area. Uh, we, we've got volunteers there. They're wearing masks. Uh, they're following the COVID-19 guidelines. They will bring food to your car. All you have to do is just pull it up, uh, pull up there, and they'll they'll come to you. That's happening tonight at 5 to 7, tomorrow 12 to 1. There's also supplies at First Baptist So-So. Um, today I saw um, some baby diapers. I, I saw some paper towels. Uh, I saw some toys. Uh, there's, there's some essential items there also. And we've got crews just all over the place, tarping roofs. If you want to help, uh, a few ways you can help. Um, you can uh, show up at First Baptist So-So, uh, but please coordinate because we don't want to send you out to a different site. So if you show up, Renee Register with Jones County Baptist is there. If, uh, if you've got some equipment, maybe, um, you've got a, a front end loader, a tractor, um, let us know. So that we can put you to work because it's just a cleanup right now. We're blessed with good weather, so we need some people to be able to, to tarp roofs also. Uh, second thing, uh, well, finally, Bob, the way to help. If you're out of state or you're out uh, of, uh, maybe you're listening to this, uh, in another part of Mississippi, um, you can give to help this relief. And what we're doing is we're using this, this money to help people with their homes, um, to get clothes and, and other things. Uh, my church, First Baptist Church Ellisville, it's firstbaptistellisville.com, firstbaptistellisville.com. You can give, and when you go on there, just designate it to Tornado Relief. That's firstbaptistellisville.com. And everything that we get, we're going to use in these communities on the ground. And and as you said, Bob, it, it's Jones County Resilience, man. The, the response has been overwhelming. Oh, no question. The toughest people in the world, and uh, we have no doubt how how they'll respond to uh, any tragedy. All right, look, folks, we realize this is a sports talk show, and uh, we're going to always continue to do that, but we do have a large platform that's been provided to us by TeleSouth Communications, so we want to – we just can't ignore things like this when when they're occurring. 
Uh, tomorrow, we're going to get back on the other issue that's facing all of us right now. We're going to have Dr. Mark Horn back on the show from South Central Regional Medical Center to update us on the COVID-19 situation and what you need to do to keep your family safe. And also, another area that the Eagle Hour broadcast into that was hard hit uh, this weekend was Lawrence County. We're working to bring Dave Nichols on the show tomorrow. He is uh, the economic development leader uh, of the Economic Development Authority of Lawrence County and get an update on how people in that part of Mississippi are faring as well and what we can do uh, to help our neighbors and our fellow Mississippians in Lawrence County. A lot going on right now, Luke, between these tornadoes and, uh, and of course, the virus. And we want to we're going to keep the spotlight on Southern Miss sports, but a lot of important information to be getting out uh, in these days and times. Yeah, we just got to be creative. That's what all of us have had to do. Um, and so, you know, just just keep uh, encouraging. Maybe one of the best things that you can do today, and even if you're in an area that's not affected by a tornado, you're in an area that's affected, obviously, by COVID-19. Maybe the, one of the best things you can do today is maybe somebody you hadn't talked to in a while, call them up and encourage them. Just, just be positive to somebody today. Encourage them. Tell them you're there for them. Uh, text somebody maybe you hadn't talked to in a while, and let, let's just spread hope by staying in communication with each other. Good words from Luke Johnson. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock, everybody. We hope you stay safe and secure, and until tomorrow at 1, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.